Welcome to Nurse Practitioners Changing Practice. I'm Carol. I'm Nina. Hey, so this week we're going to try something new. This this has a great feature that yeah. we, Nina are really anxious to try out with you guys. It's a whiteboard, and we're going to see how this goes. Um, actually, this week we're going to help walk through the thinking of a provider uh, with a really interesting case we had this last week, and we're going to uh, kind of walk you through uh, the different steps, and we ask that you think along with us and think of things that you might think to ask or questions. Uh, maybe you come up with a different solution than what we've got, and we really would appreciate those comments um, on what you're thinking is. Maybe you've had a patient like this, and uh, you've discovered something we didn't think of. Okay, so let's try it. Here it goes. Let's let's get this whiteboard up here and see how this goes. Yeah, and for those of you who are listening, we're going to talk this through. So you don't, if you're listening to the podcast, which a lot of you listen, we're we're just using the whiteboard just to put things down, but we will, you'll be able to, to follow along with listening. Yeah. And then it's also, like I said, on YouTube. So if you really want to look, you can, you can yeah. watch sure. it. Okay. All right. So what we're going to start with now, first of all, since we're modeling kind of everything, we want to model it in the note form that we've been learning about. Right. So we've got a chief complaint, right. And this is a 50, no, 68, 68 year old male who had an acute abdominal uh, attack with pain uh, that radiated to his back. Okay. All right, so, so that's what, what he's here for. That's what he's sitting here, here for you. So now the next part is gonna be HPI. So what would you ask him, Nina? What would you be? Your yeah, point? yeah, so when did this start? It was abrupt, right after he ate a big bowl of chicken noodle soup with a whole bunch of crackers. Um, do you have any stomach, have you ever been told you have any stomach problems in the past? Uh, he has a history of GERD, lots of GERD, and he says he has a history of a hiatal hernia, which has bothered him for years. Okay. Um, are you having any nausea, vomiting, diarrhea with this? Um, I think felt like uh, vomiting might help, but he was unable to. Any fever? No. He said the pain was so severe he could not stand up. And it happened abruptly. Mm -hmm. About a half hour after eating. Has he ever had this experience after eating before? Not this. And he said the pain radiated around to his back. He tried to take a shower. Uh-huh to see if that would ease things up a, a little bit. Um, and after about an hour or two, uh, he said things eased up enough that it was uncomfortable, but it wasn't mm -hmm. a severe pain that he had. I definitely didn't mm -hmm. want to eat. No eating, didn't want to eat anything. Has he ever been told he has any gallbladder problems like gallbladder stones? Do you ever had any tests on his gallbladder? No. No, okay. okay any, so any, pre any previous uh, pancreatitis or liver problems? Nope. Never had him. Never. I mean, GERD is it. That is okay. it. Is he a drinker? How much does he drink? How much alcohol does he drink a week? Um, so let's finish HPI. We have our onset, right? That's mm -hmm. a Um, well, since we didn't have the chart in front of us, that's why I'm asking all those oh, questions. No, no, no. You know, I know I'm going to, I'm going to go down to that. 
I'm just making sure we covered all of our bases. Yeah. Um, so no nausea, no vomit. It felt like vomiting, didn't vomit. Um, it radiates to the back. Um, any uh, difficulty breathing or chest pain with this? Mm -mm. Radiates to the back. Um, uh, eating makes it worse. Eating makes it worse. Anything that makes it better? Nothing made it Nothing better. Made it better. A time, I guess, time mm -hmm. over time, about one hour started okay. better. All right. Took a hot shower. Okay, then I think we've got that. And then we go down to uh, past medical history, which we've listed. He has GERD and a hiatal hernia, right? Yep. Um, and then um, social history, you mentioned drinking, no ETOH at all, really nothing to speak of, uh, socially maybe once or twice a year, does smoke, mm -hmm. uh, and I'd say about uh, two to five cigarettes a day. You know, something else we should have asked, Carol, is if he's having any difficulty swallowing. Oh, you know, he he's had dysphagia in the past. Mm -hmm. Um but he didn't have food get stuck this time. Okay. So he doesn't have gastric dysphagia. He has had an endoscopy uh, in the past. Okay. Two with questionable Barrett's. Okay. Uh, but pathology came back clean. All right. And um, he did have a, the gastric, uh, you know, body was okay. Okay. Uh, Colonoscopies had that, and that was fine. Uh, okay. He had one big polyp, but they removed it. No further ones. Okay. That's all good. And that's been within the past three years. So that that's that. Uh, social history. Then what are what are we? Are we is he right? Yeah. What is um? Is he working or is he retired? He's retired. Okay. So no oh. no loss of weight. No weight okay. loss. Uh, no weight gain. Okay. Fever. That okay. was constitutional. Then okay. what else? We got H-E-E-N-T. Uh, you know dysphagia. Yep. Uh, then um, respiratory, no shortness of breath. Cardiac, no chest pain. Although he did say it radiated up. Right. That's why I was asking those questions. Right. It did radiate up into his chest. Uh, GI, uh, he is right. Uh, uh, epigastric pain. Yep that radiates into back um, and feels better when he leans forward. Okay. Any year, we probably should have asked about urinary symptoms. All those happened after he ate. Yeah, G U. he has had a slowed uh, uh, urination, you know, with yeah. age, but uh, that's about it. PSA has been normal in past. Okay. Um, anything else we would want with review of systems? Mm -mm. We also need to cover medications. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, so uh, he's uh, been taking for the past couple of weeks amlodipine. Okay. Uh, he was really getting good about taking all of his meds, which he's normally not. Crestor, a baby aspirin. And so does he have a history of hypertension and dyslipidemia? Um, he why he's taking amlodipine and Crestor, or what's uh, what's with that? Amlodipine, yes. He, you are right. He does have, but it's marginal hypertension. More diastolic. Okay. Hypertension and the other. And the and does have hyperlipidemia. Hyperlipidemia. Okay. And um, triglycerides they, in the past have been 400. Okay. Okay. Um, has he had any, you know, 
um, other, like, does he have a history of pre-diabetes, diabetes, anything like that, that we need to be concerned about? Labs, everything else are perfect. Okay. So now let's look at lab, physical exam. Okay. Physical yep. exam. The only thing he had was epigastric tenderness. Epigastric tenderness. Okay. Nothing else. Nothing else. Everything right. else, normal. Everything else was normal. Yeah. Okay. Everything else was, uh, this is signs were good. Vital signs are fine. What's his BMI? I mean, is he a heavy guy or a skinny guy or what? What's his weight? He's 26, so mm -hmm. not really. But you can see that abdomen is kind of distended. Okay, abdomen distended. Abdomen okay. Is distended, but it's soft. Okay. And not hypertonic, normal tone, um, no uh, rebound. Okay. That. He complains of little sharp pains throughout his abdomen since this attack has happened in okay. various spots. So that's kind of the picture. So All let's right. look at labs and see now. So what 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 is your thinking when you're just looking? Well, at you know, I'm I'm worried about his pancreas. Even the, like if somebody really has a pancreatitis, usually they like can't eat and they're vomiting. But like all this, I'm concerned about his pancreas. I'm concerned about his his stomach. Um, you know, um, if it's a liver issue, usually, you know, that's not going to be painful, but I would definitely be getting a CMP and making sure I get, you know, amylase, lipase, um, uh, to make sure we're checking the pancreatic enzymes first up, maybe, a um, maybe a sedrate, um, if, if, you know, if you are CRP, if you really want to know about inflammation, CBC, see if there's any infection going on. Yep. CT of the abdomen would tell CT us. CT of the abdomen, that. absolutely. Absolutely. CT. With contrast, because yep. we're looking for those kind of things. Yep. The things here that uh, stand out to me are the radiation to the back. That's very common with pancreatitis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This feeling like vomiting goes along with pancreatitis. Yep. Eating yep. and making it worse. Um, yep. Leaning forward is, is a symptom that may, when you lean forward, because your pancreas is behind your stomach, right? So you lean forward that actually right. pressure off of it. It makes it right. better. Um, looking here at um, everything else, triglycerides were 400, but now they're 200. So that's an indicator and a good question. You think of drinking, you think of um, uh, diabetes with both of those. And right. So, Right. When anyone sees normal, it doesn't drink, but he does smoke. So that, that does create some issues, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So going down, everything else kind of is looking like you're right. It's pointing to a, um, a uh, pancreatic kind of thing. Um, another thing to think about is Crestor. Crestor yes. It does yes. That's really important to think about. Crestor was new, something that he was taking new and it was something that, um, that has a side effect of being pain causing pancreatitis now rare but it could mm -hmm. definitely be a contributor yep uh, and then so let's look at labs let's okay. so labs um we did get we got the lipase like you said that was 98 and so that was a little elevated lipase is not as predictive as amylase amylase was yep. normal um uh, white blood cell count was 13.5. Everything else was normal. So good news here is we've got 
um, normal calcium, we've got normal sodium, we've got normal liver function tests, we've got normal bilirubin, all of those things would have been indicative. If he had low sodium, you might worry about a lung cancer. Yeah. Calcium, yeah. You might worry calcium. about, you know, something going on in the uh, biliary tract. Um, and, and then with a, the bilirubin was elevated with the liver function test, you worry about a stone. Absolutely so, a stone. Yeah. Things. But this is kind of a vague picture. We yeah, it doesn't it really give us a lot of information. So CT, we did CT. CT showed, um, uh, what did it show? Okay. So it showed some uh, pancreatic swelling. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so we know with the pain and the pancreatic swelling, probably in the minimally raised lipase, we probably have uh, pancreatitis, right? Yes, absolutely. So the question becomes why? Why, why? have a pancreatitis? And you can't just say, oh, I know what it was. You know, you got to then go a little deeper and think, well, what could have caused uh, a pancreatitis, right? So we have a CT that shows a little bit of pancreatic swelling um, and, and that's resolving, right? Um, but uh, we also see the liver has some lesions that we can't mm. Yeah, what's that about? But but they can't they they don't know what they really are. Right. So um, that's where we're a little more concerned. Everything else looks good. So he needs to be scoped. Does he? He, well, he doesn't he need to be scope at this point because we're worried about these liver lesions. Well, I'm talking about an MRC. I mean, I'm talking, yeah. I'm, talking I'm not talking not about an ERCP. I'm talking about like an MRCP. Yeah, not the ERCP, but an right. MRCP, right? right? I think I've run out of Blackboard. Huh. Uh, you should be able to. Should I be able to bring it down? Okay, good. Uh, yeah, you should be able to move it down or continue. I'm not sure. All right, let's see. No, it's not letting me. Hmm. Well, Wait, there's a, Carol, there's a two box um, over to the left of the ruler. Does it make you, does it allow you to add another page? Like see the bottom where it says like there's little two boxes there. Does that allow you to give it another page? Oh, like this? Yeah. Like, Maybe. Let's see. Oh, okay, there we go. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Try that. Okay. So at this point, is um, gastroenterology involved or? Yeah, this is where we would definitely get a GI doctor for yep. sure. And a GI, of course, is going to look at the MRCP and they're going to look at um, uh, markers, you know, just to make sure we don't have um, any kind of cancer going on. So you might be want to look at a CA, CEA, a CA19 and an alpha uh, fetal protein. Mm -hmm. Just now you're typing, um, Carol, your typing's going over other typing. Is it moving it down? Okay. I didn't know. Is it, is it, are you able to see that? I, if you, I don't know if you can move the screen down because I see vital signs and then you started writing stuff. So I don't, oh, here I can move it. So I move it. All right. So now you got labs, lipase 98, amylase no, normal, white blood cell count 13.5, CT showed pancreatic swelling. And then you just, you, I think you wrote, oh, then you got to go to these little dots here. Oh, the one other thing I forgot. Uh, we also found incidentally the superior, let me see if I can write, the superior um, mesenteric artery had some blockage. Oh. 100%, but it was like 80% or more. So okay. 
given that picture, of course, we still want to make sure everything's okay here. We're not dealing with, we have a person who's smoking. Mm-hmm. We have a person who might have some liver lesions. So you worry about any kind of lung cancer with nets or anything like that. So getting this MRCP is going to give us that real clear picture of what those lesions are in that liver, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the liver, the markers are going to help us to know if there's any type of worry about an underlying tumor cancer. So uh, those came back normal and the MRCP came back perfect. Okay, so that the lesions on the liver were not anything to be of concern. They were cysts or something like that. We don't have to worry about. So all of that's good. And um, symptomatology is starting to get better. So we've kind of taken all the big bad stuff off the table. Yeah, really important, really important. So what are our differentials? What are what are the differentials that we're left with at this point? Mm-hmm. Well, you got the mesenteric artery blockage, and we've got the pancreatitis. Obviously, is is one of the diagnoses: the pancreatitis and mesenteric artery blockage. But um, and I mean, we know pancreatitis was a cause, yeah, right? Yeah. So that was the underlying thing. Yeah. The one could be the Crestor. Yeah. As a side effect, he was taken. Yep. It was new. The other could be the mesenteric uh, artery is starting to become symptomatic. Okay. And that might need to be treated. Uh, the three uh, would be maybe we have a malfunctioning gallbladder. Right. Uh, so there's how, some how other things. we figure that out? How would we? Yeah. So I think we need a HIDA scan to see about the gallbladder, don't you think? I mean, if I don't. I don't know where GI is going to go, but but if we're talking about it, I would think you if you want to know more information, you get a high scan, and then also you know after he ate, this all happened. So I don't know, maybe there's a gastric emptying, like a gastric emptying problem. Right. So we get that, and I'm you know yeah okay. So gastric delay. Yeah. And so there's two other tests we could do. Uh, theoretically, we could do a HIDA scan, which shows yep. the functioning of the gallbladder. Right. So is the gallbladder after you eat, when you're thinking about his pain started about a half hour after he ate, that would have been about the time that it was going through the pyloric sphincter and the gallbladder should have engaged. Right. Okay. And the gallbladder should have been putting out some bile. If it was malfunctioning, it could have caused biliary colic. Right. And that could have caused this. Oh, so a HIDA scan, uh, given that he has had a long-standing history, might be appropriate. Um, gastric delay is another issue. You know, maybe it's a gastric uh, delay kind of thing where um, he just doesn't empty and, uh, you know, his food kind of backed up and it caused, again, another kind of spasm. So these are all plausible things. What do you think the best course of treatment would be the best? Well, yeah, I mean, so now, now you know, now it comes to that partnership, Carol, of talking to your patient about some options, right? So, you know, take them off the crust, consider taking them off the crust or number one. Number two, um, maybe a blood thinner, a small, you know, the factor 10 inhibitor, a, small, a low dose of that to help with um, perfusion with the mesentery artery, or you consult vascular surgery about whether he needs a stent. But I would, I think it's interesting, Carol, to talk about the relationship with the patient and when you're giving him options, what, what he's willing and willing not to do. And, and you, I think you bring up a huge, um, uh, I'm going to stop sharing this now because we don't yeah. need that anymore. Okay. I think you bring up this really, really important part and that is, okay, we've identified a problem. 
we we've thought about the options we we we've got four or five things to consider we have a couple more tests we could still run to try to narrow it down but we have to consider this patient's lifestyle what his preferences mm -hmm. are what he feels right. comfortable with doing what his past history has been mm -hmm. um, has he been good taking medications is he high risk for falls all of those things right. are you know so that is that partnership piece that um that's really important and there's no right answer for any one thing the the one thing that would be the most concerning is the mesenteric artery because if it blocks off a hundred percent then you have a you know a lot of abdominal pain and a problem going on however mm -hmm. that blockage didn't happen yesterday right that blockage has happened over time over years so he probably has collaterals that have been yeah. so you know you Again, you would want to consult with your patient, ask them what they feel most comfortable with. Obviously, you're going to be consulting GI like, you know, that would have been uh, the first step and consulting vascular surgery because these are not decisions as an NP you want to make on your own. You know, you want to make sure that you get specialists involved to make their recommendations. But then ultimately you sit down and you have that conversation with your patient and you say, what do you want to do? And, you know, it might be that they, they want to take a blood thinner for a while. It might be that they decide, oh, I really want to fix this problem. I want to get a stent, even though I might not need it. I'm, I'm willing to get the stent because I don't want to take medicines. It might be, I just want to watch and see if it ever happens again. You know, and you might say, well, smoking <laughs> is one thing we can really cut back on because in any event, that's not doing your, your body any good, right? Um, so that would be the very first thing that you might want to consider in a patient like this. So, um, and we really enjoy walking through some of these complicated cases with you guys. Um, as you can see, they can go in lots of different ways. Um, and we enjoy helping you to think it through. Right. It's not always the obvious and sometimes things are more complicated the more you you layer you want to make sure you get a good history you want to make sure you look at their medicines um it could be in this case it could be just the crest oil. it could be i mean you know i mean so many times things can be related to medications so just a, a quick reminder you know you when you prescribe something you need to really think you know, about the, and educate your, your patients about the risk of taking that medication. Just something as, as stat, everybody's on a statin these days, right? Well, and you figure statin and prolistic together, both right. a risk of pancreatitis. So right. when you have two medicines or three, you know, you could have two or three medicines, right. then you're, you're doubling and tripling uh, the risk. The risk. So don't underestimate that meds can be causing the whole right. problem um, and stop that first. I mean, that's the first thing to, to replace it. Um, one that if you need to have a statin is Prevostatin would be your better one yeah. than Crestor because it doesn't go through any of those pathways. Mm -hmm. Back if you think about pharmacology, your CYP450 um, pathway um, most drugs go through that 3A4 pathway. Well, um, Crestor doesn't, but if you really want to eliminate any possibility of the statins going through that, then you want to do Prevostatin because it doesn't use any of them. Yeah. 
So that's my go-to if you absolutely have to, but be sure and look at your meds. Always, always, always look at your meds and see what the problem is. And we, um, we look forward to your comments. Um, Send us in the answer. We'll have a ability on YouTube to be able to comment and uh, to the questions and we uh, welcome them because uh, maybe you had a patient like this and you came up with a totally different, right. uh, Different finding. And just the consultation with GI, I mean, you know, you can't just say we're going to send them to GI. I mean, the consultation to really understand what's going on with the patient because you're coordinating their care as a primary care provider. So you really need to know what's going on so you can relay that to the patient and still be involved, not just say we're going to consult GI, right? If you're worried about a patient, you can call the GI doctor. Right. What tests would you like me to have done so that when they come see you, those tests are done. You know, we don't have to then wait for more and they can really have a more meaningful um, opportunity to consult with the patient and figure out what's wrong rather than starting the work up again. You know, so whatever you can do ahead of time for them. But I always pick up the phone. I call them and I say, I'm sending you this patient. This is my thoughts. This is my concerns. Um, is there any other testing you would like for me to have done before they see you? And then um, go from there and you'll be guided along the way. Well, we appreciate you listening, tuning in to NP's Changing Practice, and we look forward to talking with you again. Bye, guys. Bye. Check out our website.